crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello, welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Brett Nachtigall, your host. This is the Watch Jerusalem podcast, where we talk about the recent discoveries in biblical archaeology and also talk about prophetically significant news. We are going to discuss biblical archaeology today, not necessarily a specific artifact, but more an individual this being Herschel Shanks. This is the longtime editor, founding editor of uh, Biblical Archaeology Review. Uh, this is a magazine that you've probably heard of. It's, it's, it's the preeminent uh, magazine about, about the Bible and archaeology and, and putting those two things together and, and giving a voice in a, in a, in a public forum uh, to the discoveries of archaeologists. And this has been around since 1975 and was largely the work of Herschel Shanks. It was his brainchild, and he developed it into um, a very popular magazine, going to over a quarter million people or so, the physical hard copy of that magazine. And uh, he was the the editor of Bar all the way through till 2017. Um, And he died. He died on February 5th. So just over the weekend, uh, what we lost really a, a fighter, um, in the in the battle for for archaeological, in the battle for archaeological truth, really, and the, its connection with the Bible, and this is someone that I had only met one time. Uh, he died at the age of ninety, so he has been around a long time, and of course he was a, an individual that, um, if you've met him and if you've read Biblical Archaeology Review, you certainly read that magazine because of him. And because of the way that he inserted that magazine into a void that existed and that was existing and has continued to exist, I would say, in not just archaeological work, but the public the publication of archaeological discoveries into a public forum that seeks to uh, promote the biblical narrative and the connection points between archaeology and the Bible. And he himself, for a number of years, and for decades, in fact, he did really honor and highly esteem the biblical text and saw through the false uh, narrative portrayed by most biblical archaeologists that the Bible is not a trustworthy historical document. And he allowed his magazine to be the forum for a number of important articles, particularly related to King David and related to, uh, as I'll cover today, the work of one Dr. Elot Mazar. This is a woman that uh, we have uh, very close ties to, that, that uh, I've worked with for, for about 15 years now on different excavations, and had a chance to uh, talk at length with her about her, her, what she believes about the Bible and, and what she believes about archaeology and the Bible's place in archaeology. Of course, she does esteem the Bible very highly in its value towards archaeological discovery, helping interpret archaeological discovery, helping archaeology, archaeologists decide where they should excavate. She treats biblical geography 
and biblical history as being accurate. In most of the details it describes, she's not a religious person. Uh, she doesn't hold to the theology of the Bible, but she, she does see it as, an, as, as a historical document and a, a book that is worth every consultation, a book that is worth pouring over the, pa- the pages of that to actually help you determine the right understanding of what you uncover archaeologically. Archaeology is a science of stuff. It is the science of digging up things from the ground and trying to make sense of them, of what you discover. And most of the time, you just have stuff. You have potsherds, you have um, maybe some type of religious evidence of religious worship, you have uh, worked stones, evidence of mankind's use of a place. However, what exactly was taking place there is is difficult to understand and even more difficult to understand is why it was taking place. And that's where written documents come in handy. They give you the why behind what you discover. And the Bible is a great written document to discover, to help you uncover um, the purpose and the reason why, uh, what you, why in Judah, for instance, you find a lack through certain periods of any type of idol. And then why you find idols coming back with vengeance at certain times. Why is that? Well, you could determine... If you're digging in, a, let's say, a layer from Hezekiah's time, King Hezekiah from 2,700 years ago, based on the evidence that you find there, the physical remains, the archaeological remains, just purely on that evidence, you would have to say, well, these people weren't religious. They were ancient atheists. And why would you say that? Of course, uh, they've got God in their name, so maybe, maybe I'm stretching this a bit far. But what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that the Bible, a written document, then helps you understand and know that underneath the reign of a certain king that existed here at that time, idolatry was squashed. It was it, Idols were destroyed. During Josiah's time, we find the same thing. And so, if without the Bible, you would have a limited understanding of those archaeological remains. Interpreting those remains without the Bible is a shallow exercise. You're, 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 you're not using the chief source that should tell you why those artifacts are important and how they're related to one another. Dr. Elot Mazar believes in the consultation of the Bible through every step of the process, both on discovery and also in, um, in uh, analyzing those discoveries and putting forth hypotheses of what, of what is discovered. Other archaeologists banish the Bible they do under they do a lot of them still read it, however, uh, they they don't consult the Bible with with the eagerness or the appreciation, and a lot of them actually don't really understand it or know it because and and they don't want to bring the bring forward the Bible into their discussion of what they've found because they're scared, they're worried that they're going to be painted as a pro Bible scholar whose bias is reflected upon their discoveries, which. <clears throat> Again, Dr. Elot Mazar is not fearful of being called out uh, for that and for her connection to the Bible. And neither was Herschel Shanks. And Herschel Shanks loved to provide a venue for open discussion about the Bible and how archaeological, um, archaeological discoveries match with the Bible. I just want to read what the Biblical Archaeology Society put out about his death. It's entitled The Memory of Herschel Shanks. And this is what BAS writes. 
Uh, this week, Biblical Archaeology Society remembers the life and achievements of Biblical Archaeology Review's founder and editor Emeritus Herschel Shanks, who passed away February 5th, 2021, at the age of 90. <clears throat> In 1974, Herschel envisioned Barr creating a modest publication that reflected his deep personal interest in the biblical past. Over the following four decades, until his retirement in 2017, he transformed Barr into the world's best-selling and most widely read biblical archaeology magazine enjoyed by millions. And indeed, if you listen to this program, you probably have read uh, Biblical Archaeology Review. Definitely. Uh, well, most definitely, I would, I would assume. Uh, we have collected reflections on Herschel's legacy from some of his colleagues and dear friends. Many of these originally appeared uh, in Fest Shrift's a celebration of Herschel Shanks, the special double issue of Biblical Archaeology Review, published in 2018. Please enjoy these memories and celebrate uh, Herschel's contributions to the field of biblical archaeology and biblical studies. And we're going to talk about one of those articles here in a second. Uh, in the very first issue, this is later on, Herschel wrote... The aim of the Biblical Archaeology Review is to make available in understandable language the current insights of professional archaeology as they relate to the Bible. <clears throat> and that's what he did. To a tremendous degree, he gave a, 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 a venue for um, archaeologists to relate to the Bible and what they've discovered uh, from the biblical period, the biblical place, at the biblical time, <clears throat> in a place that wasn't super scholarly. The attempt was to put archaeology in layman's terms and to describe some of the controversies, to describe the things that have been discovered. And what he noted through Barr is that there is, uh, and in Barr and in his columns in Barr, is that there is a, a bias against the Bible in modern scholarship. And a bias, and that's not surprising, but this bias pervades even into the field of biblical archaeology. Into the field of biblical archaeology. And one person that he did admire in the field of biblical archaeology was, or is, or was, uh, Dr. Elot Mazar. And she's obviously famous for the discovery of King David's palace <clears throat> and uh, numerous other biblically significant discoveries. And she wrote an article inside that 2018 um, special edition of Bar for Herschel Shanks. And I remember this time very well because this article that she was she wrote was about the discovery of she would what she would say, the potential seal of Isaiah the prophet, Yeshayahu the prophet. Uh, this was discovered in the Ophel excavations or excavated in the Ophel excavations at the end of 20, uh, 2009. And then um, it was released to the public in uh, on February 22nd, 2018. And how I know this is because this was the very day my son was born uh, here in Jerusalem. And we were working closely with Dr. Mazar at the time. This was during uh, the latest phase <clears throat> of the Ophel excavations. And we were working the very day that this, well, I wasn't, I was at home uh, for the birth of my son. Um, but this was during the excavation season. And um, we wanted to, we knew about the Isaiah Buller, and we wanted to put that up on, on Watch Jerusalem straight away, uh, an article about the Isaiah Buller. Of course, we wanted to break the story about the Isaiah Buller as well. <clears throat> but Dr. Mazar was very def definite um, that she wanted most definitely to have that article 
which was about the provenance, uh, a provenance of a buller or seal impression belonging to Isaiah the prophet, she really did want that in the biblical archaeology review because of the long-standing relationship and friendship she had with Herschel Shanks. Now, Herschel Shanks is an important individual in Dr. Mazar's life. He does defend her, um, but every time somebody comes to her defense, she doesn't like it. Uh, nevertheless, he did, and he, he did new, for numerous reasons and at numerous times because he saw Dr. Mazar as somebody that would stand up for the biblical text and would not buy into the anti-Bible bias that he saw everywhere amongst her colleagues. And his idea behind uh, Biblical Archaeology Review wasn't just to thump, the Bible is right, the Bible is true, uh, look at the archaeological discoveries that prove the Bible true. It was to provide a venue for people to come together and state their causes, present their discoveries. Um, but what he, can, what he ran into continuously, and I imagine, I didn't talk to him personally about this, but I imagine there was a push often inside the, for the direction of Biblical Archaeology Review to go away from granting space to scholars such as Dr. Mazar, who would use the Bible in the way that she did, because it's just not popular inside the archaeological community to do it that way. And anyway, she did uh, want to go forward and put this article together about Isaiah the prophet, and she wrote a, a, a piece uh, at the end of that article f- about Herschel Shanks. And... I want to just quote from that now. She said this, I'm honored to offer a few reflections about Herschel Shanks in this special uh, issue. It's my privilege to unveil a recent discovery published for the first time here in the pages of Bar as my gift to Herschel to thank him for his lifetime of work promoting the archaeology of the Bible, the discovery of the potential seal of Isaiah the prophet. So the article that goes with this is about Isaiah the prophet. And what's really kind of interesting about this, actually, this is and this is my personal connection. Uh, I'd wish I'd talked to Mr. Shanks more than I had, um, but I kind of got in involved in archaeology towards the end of his career. But this picture that is in this article, um, I remember this day, uh, and I don't know if Dr. Mazar, um, she doesn't put this together in the article, but this was a picture that was taken right at the end of 2020. 2009 or 2010 and they're all standing together and they're standing just above and and one of the the ladies there is is leaning on uh, leaning on a, a fence and just below the fence i'm excavating i'm not in this picture but i'm just down there below because i remember excavating in a little square just this is just below the temple mount uh towards the south before you get to the city of david and i remember looking up and uh, about four or five meters above me on the road and looking over this area, and a man talking to Dr. Mazar, <clears throat> and he was taller than, a, well, he was tall, and I didn't expect it, I didn't expect uh, Herschel Shanks to be tall, and I was just wondering, who is that? And it sounded in a big, big, thick American accent, and then I found out it was Herschel Shanks, and so he yelled out, saying hello, and she yelled out to me, and I said, hi, nice to meet you, um, said I read bar, thank you very much, and uh, Dr. Mazar explained who we were, and, and I was just, um, what was this? Uh, this is 2009, so I was only I was 24 at the time. Uh, yeah, 24 at the time, and she had explained that we we were with Herbert W. Armstrong College, and we were the continuation of the same people that excavated here with her grandfather, Ambassador College, back in the 70s, 
And interestingly enough, he was like, wow, I remember them. I remember all those people coming over every summer, all the students, all the American students that would come over and dig in this area. And there we, we, we were, 40 years later, excavating in the same place. Um, but what was also interesting is the very patch of dirt that we were digging in, me and, me and my colleague, a student <clears throat> at Armstrong at college at the time, Harley Breath, we were excavating, the only two people there excavating, in a little square, one meter by one meter, tiny, uh, but important because it was this material of earth that was in these la- layers of dirt that were spread um, against the the edge of a Solomonic period wall. <coughs> and what would actually come out from that patch of dirt was the Isaiah Buller. That's where it was found, right in this little patch of dirt. And so here is Dr. Mazar talking about what uh, Isaiah, uh, what Herschel Shanks has done for biblical archaeology as well as uh, the Bible, in this magazine, uh, in this edition of the magazine. And this picture is taken on the day, or at least surrounding the days, that the Isaiah Buller was removed from Jerusalem's earth after 2,700 years. So, continuing on now of Dr. Mazar's praise for Herschel Shanks. She writes, As is the case with the Buller of Isaiah, Herschel's identification is not a simple one, for he is not just an archaeological investigator, a historian, or a scholar, Nor is he merely a reporter or an editor, but he is, in fact, a unique mixture of all of them. Like the prophet Isaiah, Herschel is very caring and enthusiastic about the current events pertaining to Israel and the greater Near East. In this case, those relating to excavations, discoveries, and studies of biblical archaeology. He can analyze these events from a position as a skill of a skilled hunter, offering scholars the platform of bar for introducing their work to the general public in clear language and a colorful presentation, creating this valuable link between scholars and the public in the sphere of biblical archaeology was his prophetic vision. That's what he was about. He was about providing this valuable link between scholars and the public in the realm of biblical archaeology, of biblical archaeology, so that you, the everyday person, can read something and understand it and, and not bothered with all the, the details of, that are unimportant in many ways that a scholarly publication <clears throat> does, does uh, obscure uh, the importance of the discoveries um, uh, often. He wanted to create bar so that you could have access to archaeological discovery as it relates to the Bible coming out of the ground in Israel. What a noble purpose that was. He, Herschel gave his soul to see his vision materialize. Now based upon the firm foundation he has established for his sake and ours, may his prophecy continue to flourish. Linking biblical archaeology to the people. To, to the people that care about it all the way around the world. This was his goal. That was his ideal. And he did it, I would say, in a a remarkable way for decades. Now, he has stopped being being the editor of Bar uh, three or four years ago. And I'll just leave you with the question. If you're receiving the Bar magazine and have received it, uh, have you noticed a change? Have you noticed a change of Bar after uh, Mr. Herschel Shanks was um, no longer editor after he retired. I'm not saying he shouldn't have retired. That's amazing. Four decades of his life, as Dr. Mazar said, he gave his soul to this. He gave his energies. He gave his drive. He gave his passion 
for producing a magazine that connected archaeological discoveries with the people. Biblical archaeological discoveries with the people. And in many ways, that's what we try to do uh, with our magazine, Watch Jerusalem. <clears throat> and the, we believe that it is, it is extremely necessary to connect the discoveries coming out of the ground in Israel to the larger world. It is interesting that you find the way that you excavate here in Israel, I don't know if you know this, but and, and this is rightfully the case, if you dig something up and you're the one that finds it, it doesn't belong to you. That discovery, whatever it is, it belongs to the state of Israel. It belongs, eventually it'll go to the Israel Antiquities Authority, it'll get a number, as the Isaiah Bullet has, and you will... You will uh, that that number. You will be able to request a loan of that discovery. For example, the Isaiah Bulla um, that we loan that as long with the along with the King Hezekiah Bulla and brought it back to the United States back in um, the end of 2019 into 2020 and had an exhibit about King Hezekiah and, and Isaiah. You can do that, but at the end of the day, those discoveries they go back to Israel. They go back to the state of Israel. You cannot purchase them. You cannot buy them. They belong to the state of Israel. And that's how it should be. But what about the knowledge of those discoveries? What about the importance of those discoveries? And the, um, let's say, the story that belongs to them and how it relates to the Bible. This is something that really belongs to the world. It, it, is, it is important for archaeologists to know that they're not just digging in the dirt for their own sake and coming up with theories for the sake of the praise of their peers, but what they find and what they say does concern a lot of other people. And Herschel Shanks understood that. He understood that there was a huge amount of interest in the Bible and a huge amount of interest for the artifacts of the Bible, and he wanted to make everybody he could aware of it. And he came up to, and he faced a lot of contention. I'm not saying everything he did was right. I don't know him as, 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 as well as most. All I can do is judge by fruits. And the fruits that I read in Biblical Archaeology Review while he was editor are pretty good. I mean, he was the one back in 1997 that chose to publish Dr. Mazar's piece saying, King David's palace, it should be here. It should be here based on archaeology and the Bible and what the Bible says about where King David built his palace. It should be here. And, and they pointed to a spot in the northern part of the city of David. That was 97. It would take 10 years or almost 10 years before she would get funding to conduct that excavation and put her hypothesis to the test, which is what she did. She put that hypothesis to the test. And, and what does she do? She digs and she finds massive 3,000-year-old walls in the spot where King David's palace should be. And she says, well, if anyone else has a better idea of what this building might be, state your proofs. Bring it forward. Bring it forward. This is what Dr. Mazar wrote in Bar in 2006 when she, in her article, Did I Find King David's Palace? The biblical evidence I submit better explains the archaeology we have uncovered than any other hypothesis that's been put forward. And that's Dr. Mazar's way. And she's happy 
to revise her theories if somebody does bring forth fruits, bring forth evidence that would prove otherwise. But in many ways, Herschel Shanks did provide this avenue that Dr. Mazar could get these discoveries out to the world uh, in a way that was accessible to the general public. And he writes about it, this, this article, this was written in, I think, 2008 or 2007, and it talks about how that Dr. Mazar, um, when she, she t- discusses this uh, discovery of, of King David's palace, and then shortly thereafter, she had another discovery of Nehemiah's wall, of a wall built, the wall built by Nehemiah. And, and what's interesting about that discovery, and as he puts in, puts in this article, um, it's incredible that Dr. Massar would receive so much backlash from her peers or other scholars um, because she would recognize the discoveries and as they match up to the Bible. This is what Herschel Shanks wrote about Dr. Mazar. No one would question her professional competence as an archaeologist. Her chief sin, however, is that she is interested in what archaeology can tell us about the Bible. But that's not the worst of it. She is willing to make suggestions that are plausible, even likely, but are nonetheless not 100% certain. And as he says, that's often the case in archaeology in that you don't know 100%. But she puts plausible suggestions about what her discoveries are based on the Bible and then says, if you have a better idea of what it is, if you think you, you know and understand, look at my evidence. No one questions her competence as an excavator or an archaeologist. So what is it? What do the facts say? And do you have a better idea? And then in, in November 2007, 2007, she announced her discovery of Nehemiah's wall. And people jumped on. I was there for that, that discovery. This is Barlon University. Israel Finkelstein was speaking just before that. Uh, a very famous excavator. He used his time uh, to dispute Dr. Mazar's claim that this was King David's palace. Uh, he actually dated it to the Hellenistic period, full of slides, and said, oh, this is from 700 years after David. Um, and then Dr. Mazar got up there and didn't even address that and just moved on and said, oh, here's another thing we just found. While you are busy putting together those slides, um, we found Nehemiah's wall, a wall from Nehemiah's time. And this is what um, Herschel Shanks wrote about that. This was not the first time that a distinguished archaeologist had declared that she had found part of Nehemiah's wall. Kathleen Kenyon, the great British archaeologist of an earlier generation, also claimed to have found part of Nehemiah's wall. Dr. Kenyon wrote, Our excavations have in fact identified a wall that can be attributed to Nehemiah. And this was not far from where Delotmazar contends she too has found it. But no ideological insults were hurled at Kenyon. Is it because Herschel Shanks writes Kenyon was a well-known anti-Zionist? Or is it just the difference between 1974, when, when Kenyon discovered that or wrote that about Nehemiah's wall, and 2007? In any event, there is absolutely no evidence that Elot Mazar has been influenced by the political bent of her funder. What she is guilty of is making a reasonable judgment about archaeological evidence as it relates to the Bible. Really, she was kind of doing the version that, in many ways, uh, the actual hands-on version that that Herschel Shanks was attempting to do with Barr in the publication side of things. In some scholarly circles, however, this is considered unscholarly. If the the judgment she made related to something else other than the Bible, no one would give it a second thought. Only a finding related to the Bible brings such abusive language 
or obloquy, I think is how you pronounce that, down on the head of a leading archaeologist. And Dr. Mazar was fine drawing those connections, and Herschel Shanks appreciated that. He writes, he wrote this in 2011. This is uh, another first person, which is like an editor, editorial. <clears throat> he said, the, this is, quote, this is uh, called uh, the Bible as a, as a source of testable hypotheses. And this is actually something I get my students uh, in my archaeology class to read through, just this article. He, he starts it off this way, in the highest... Now, understand this, if you're, if you're kind of new to biblical archaeology or if you're interested in it and you're interested in reading more about it. Understand this. In the highest, most sophisticated levels of professional biblical archaeology, there is a certain prejudice against the Bible. He recognized this. Herschel Shanks, after covering it for 40 years, he recognized and exposed the bias in archaeology. All he was trying to do was produce an open forum for people to publish their ideas, to connect the people to the archaeologists as it related to the Bible. And he probably didn't realize it at the time, but he was stepping into a minefield he was stepping into a place that that was fraught with danger for him and especially for those archaeologists that would come out and base their discoveries of where they dig on the Bible and relate it to the Bible. And um, I think he had a tremendous respect for Dr. Mazar because she would do that, because she was willing to do that. Uh I'm not going to read all of this, and I'll, I'll leave I'll leave article uh, show notes to these articles by uh, Herschel Shanks that you can read, as well as Dr. Mazar's tribute to Herschel Shanks, um, because it is important to to just think about the person um, that that was that died uh, and his his lasting legacy and his life's work. Now, he did more things than just uh, published Biblical Archaeology Review, but this is definitely something he's most well-known for. And definitely this is a person that dedicated his life to that goal, as Dr. Mazar says, and I think she puts it so wonderfully. Again, she says that he gave his soul to see this vision materialize. And what was this vision? Creating a valuable link between scholars and the public in the sphere of Biblical Archaeology. Let's put it out there. These discoveries that are made by certain archaeologists in Israel, they don't belong to the archaeologists in Israel. They belong to those that would value the history of the Bible, and it's only fair that a true account, that's all we're asking for, a true account of how those discoveries relate to the Bible, that that makes its way into the public sphere. And again, this is what we aim to do with our Watch Jerusalem magazine. Most of our magazine is dedicated to archaeology. It's dedicated to history and archaeological discoveries as they relate to the Bible. There's no doubt far, the very important discoveries in the archaeological world that are made that don't relate to the Bible. And that's great. There's other magazines for those. Um, but we seek to um, showcase those discoveries that support biblical narrative, and that um, elucidate biblical history. And this is a magazine, again, that you can get for free. All you need to do is to go to the Watch Jerusalem website, and you'll see the magazine there listed. 
at the top right-hand corner of the, of the site, you know, or you can just write an email to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il, letters at watchjerusalem.co.il, and we'll put you in uh, on our free mailing list or our mailing list uh, to receive the free magazine. <clears throat> now, there are other articles in there that don't relate uh, necessarily to archaeology. They're also news, prophetically significant news, because that is also important, and that is... Um, part of the importance of these archaeological discoveries. I mean, when we see the prophet Isaiah come from the ground right next to the, pro- the king Hezekiah, that history of Hezekiah and Isaiah comes to life. It does, and it should. And it shows that these were real men, anciently, real men that believed in God and that acted in their lives based on that belief. And that history was recorded for us. But there's more than history in those books. There's more than history contained in the book of Isaiah. The same Isaiah that was uh, uncovered back in 2018 or released to the public in Bar in 2018, <clears throat> he wrote about history and he wrote about prophecy. He wrote about prophecy as well. And if the history was true, is also the prophecy. Well, we certainly, certainly believe it is. And we believe that in our day today, if we're going to do all the toil digging and uncover the historical remains, we should do all that same work. The same level of of effort should go forward into promoting the prophecy of those biblical prophets as well. And so that's why our magazine is just, it's not like Bar. It is different. It has a different mission. Um, But it does, again, bring both the archaeological discoveries as relate to the Bible and also the world news as it relates to the Bible uh, to you. That's an important dual mission uh, of the Watch Jerusalem magazine. <clears throat> Certainly, I think the world and um, you fans of biblical archaeology will miss Mr. Shanks. And you've probably missed him already over the past couple of years as that magazine, um, I mean, seems to have taken a different... Well, the, just, just the tone of that magazine is far different, I would say than it was underneath Herschel Shanks, and, and there's lots, and if you've read it, you would notice that as well. But what there, that magazine, and, and you as a, as a listener and, and a, uh, a reader, I should say, um, will miss some of that content. But I do want you to know that we are doing what we can to draw attention to archaeological discovery as it relates to the Bible. If you are interested in that, certainly sign up for our daily email. This is more than just the magazine. Uh, we have plenty of articles that are going up on the website. I would say most of the content that goes up on the website um, that uh, puts together history and archaeology or archaeology in the Bible, they, they, they don't make it to the Watch Jerusalem magazine, but they will make it to your inbox. Uh, I know you've probably got a lot of emails going to you, um, but this is an email I think that you would find uh, incredibly interesting because it does alert you to all the discoveries that have been made over the past hundred or so years <clears throat> that relate to the Bible. There's no reason why you need to be scared of science and be scared of archaeology as somehow disproving the Bible. Time and time and time and time and time and time again, um, we see archaeological discovery as far as it can do, um, attesting to the biblical narrative, showing that these people existed, showing that they were real, showing that these stories were not made up, that they happened in an actual uh, geographic space at a given time. And we want to draw your attention to that. 
And this email is going to help uh, you be alerted to the, the articles that we publish on that, on that subject. That's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for sticking with me to the end of the program. Next week, uh, we'll see what discoveries are made in the, in the world of archaeology. I had another t- subject uh, that I was going to bring to you. You might have seen the recent discovery of uh, purple fabric, true purple fabric that was discovered down there in the Arava Valley uh, at Timna to the south of Israel from the time of King David. That was going to be today's program. Perhaps that'll be next week, unless there is something more significant that, that comes up in the world of biblical archaeology. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.